And you have reached Alisa and Giles podcast. And this is Lisa and Jael Trinity, also known as L.A.J. Trinity. So listen, y'all, let's go. And you have reached the Lisa and Jael podcast. Listen, I am coming to you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming at you. But listen, in a good way, in a good way. I am your cure to everything predictable. So people, let's go. Good morning. It is Happy Sunday. So, today I will be coming to you out of the book of Proverbs and it's going to be chapter 28. I believe it was last week. I expounded on chapter 28, verse 1. This week, I will be coming from Proverbs 28, verse 2 and 3. And then I will be finished with this particular chapter, I believe. Proverbs is a very good book, and I I want to get to other scriptures within the book. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on a minute. My throat... (laughs) It's dry. I've got to go get a bottle of water. Hold on. And I don't want to pause it because it's going to like skip. It's going to create a gap. And look, just hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Just one moment. And I, I need a straw. I need a straw. Can you hear me? <laughs> I have on lipstick. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. I have on lipstick. <laughs> so I need the sh- I need a straw. Okay. All right. Hold on. I have to take a sip. <laughs> Okay. Thank you for waiting. (laughs) You're so polite. And it reads, and this is coming from Proverbs chapter 28, verses 2 and 3 of the, uh, located in the Old Testament of the Holy Bible. When a country is rebellious, comma, it has many rulers, comma, but a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. Verse three, a ruler who 
oppresses the poor. It's like a driving rain that leaves no crops. Now this expounding is going to be very short. It's going to be brief. When a country is rebellious, who are they who is the scripture referring to? Is the scripture referring to the people or the leader? When a country is rebellious, comma, it has many rulers. So to answer that question both, talking in regards to both the people and the ruler, the leader. Now, before I disclose the context of the scripture, let's look at a few key words in verse 2. Rebellious. In just layman terms, very simply, it just means to go against. Then we have rulers. It has many rulers. So when a country is rebellious, it has many rulers. If you look within the word rulers, there is the word rule. So in this context, we it is referring to the leader, the president, the ambassador, uh, etc., etc., So to rule is to govern over a people or a region and or a region where there are standards and guidelines and rules. And what are rules? They are guidelines for the people to abide by laws to maintain order. So when a country is rebellious and they rebel or go against that which is uh, set forth in the set of laws, the Bible said it has many rulers. So what does that mean? If a country is dealing with a chaotic period where there is rebellion, among the people and within the political system, it means everybody got something to say. Everybody's trying to do things their own way. Everybody, no one's working together. Everybody's trying to lead and no one wants to follow. They have many rulers. Everybody's trying to do it their own way. They have something to say and they want to make up their own rules. Or bend the rules that are already there. It has many rulers. <laughs> Nobody wants to follow. Everybody wants to lead. But a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. So he or she who governs over the people... 
using a set of laws to maintain order. With discernment, what is discernment? If you look within that word, it is to discern. It is basically saying to be able to not only tell the difference between right and wrong. I'm speaking very simply, being just in case there's an eight or nine-year-old listening. <laughs> but it is the ability to 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 distinguish right from wrong and then make it applicable to your decision making every single day. That is discernment. Now there's another definition of discernment, but it's not it's not applicable to this particular scripture because it would be taken out of context. So according to this definition of discernment for this particular scripture in verse 2, that is the definition of discernment. And knowledge maintains order. So what is knowledge? Knowledge is information acquired through study, through a person, maybe a professor or a college, or through your own personal time with God in scripture where he reveals revelation. So knowledge is the information acquired. And then there's wisdom. And what is wisdom? Now, wisdom is not mentioned in verse 2 or 3, but it's a big deal when it comes to ruling a nation. If you are dumb and you are stupid, you cannot rule a nation. And you cannot rely on people and advisors to give you advice when you were called as a particular ruler. I'll be polite. So knowledge maintains order. Now, in order for that to occur, you must have a little wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied and mean applicable to everyday life. So someone could acquire or obtain as much knowledge as they want to, but if they never put it into practice, they stay stupid. And it sounds mean, but the Bible calls a fool someone who's not wise. They don't, they are not receptive to instruction. They're not accept, they're not receptive to counsel. They are full of pride. They want to do things their own way. So wisdom is important to possess as a leader in order for that particular country to thrive or region. The next verse, verse 3, and I'm almost done. A ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. So he or she who governs over a people or region who oppresses the poor. Now, young people, what does oppress mean? It means. To, how can I say it? Listen, if I had to put it in slang, (laughs) y'all. Listen, you throw shade and you bury them in it. That is oppressing the people. Okay? So when you oppress the poor, you are 
subduing the people to the point of destroying the people. And that means, I mean, you are perhaps burying the people in poverty by stealing funds from uh, governmental accounts that were meant to aid and assist those to get out of poverty. Perhaps you are uh, embezzling money. Did I just say that? I think that's probably the same thing. <laughs> How would you oppress the poor? By creating guidelines and rules to the that require the people to follow at, or adhere to, but prevents them from actually elevating in life. And I'll give you an example. Now, as a single mother, I have two children who are now grown. They are 27, 26 years of age. But as a single mother with no man in the house, I had to have a serious hustle. There were times where we were challenged financially. And we were really, really, really strapped for cash. I don't even know what that term means, strapped. I got to think about that one. But we were in dire need of financial assistance. <laughs> There's some, I'm the type, you know what, guys? I'm the type of person, I don't say cliches if I don't understand what they mean. And I've heard, it's a very common cliche, but strapped for cash. Whatever. But we were <laughs> in dire need of financial assistance. So they were very small. And we had been in the show business in the industry for a, a while, for a very long time. And we had some issues with our manager and, you know, we, we faded out of the industry. And, uh, you know, I went back to corporate. The kids went, you know, they, they focused on school and graduate, et cetera, et cetera. But backdating it a little bit while they were still yet young. I had, I cried. Listen, you don't understand me. You see, I didn't want to live on welfare um, for a number of reasons. It's just, it's not just about pride. It's just, I, I and it is in a way because I, I take pride in taking care of the ones that I love as a man would do. And because I was mother and father in my home, well, I did just that. And when the first time I had to apply for government assistance, I cried like a baby in my brand new car. <laughs> I had just bought, but you know, I needed rely. You know, I, I, I was fortunate up until that moment and I cried. I mean, I cried. I mean, no, I'm, I cried for a good hour or so before I had to go back in with my application. Now, I just didn't want to rely on on this. I wanted, I, I, not, I was very independent. I've never wanted for anything. I've never had any problems supplying, you know, providing for my children. And because my heart is, and because I was in a position where I could not give to others because I was myself needy, that also, that also was very hard to deal with. So when you're a giver and you are 
in a financially challenged position or compromised position, it's hard. It's very difficult to date. But not to deviate from what I'm trying to explain. One day I had to apply for food stamps. Now, <laughs> I am a single mother. We have Medicaid already. No, I'm just, I, I need to show you how crooked the system is. And then I'm going to give you another example. Because this is what I mean. Some people who are, who are born into money or who have never, they can't relate to these kinds of conditions or situations. I need to explain to them. It's very, it's terrible. So I am at social service, the Department of Social Services. I am there to apply for food stamps. And I am very proactive. I have the application. I have all my, you know, information. I make sure everything's filled out. And I'm, I'm ed- you know, I'm educated. This is not, a, you know, rocket science. <laughs> I can read and write. And I, you know, I can express and disclose to this caseworker, you know, why I need food stamps. So I fill out the paperwork. I, they, I wait forever. I do get into the bag. And... She looks, she reviews my application. Now, the rule is, I don't know. See, this was some time ago. I don't know if it's still applicable, but at the time it was. I don't, it was still standard. So she says, well, you need some form of income for food stamps. I said, well, if I had income, I'd buy, I'd buy my own food. Well, You need income for food stamps. I said, fine. (laughs) You know, there should be some fine print somewhere on the application. So I spent all day there. I got a no. I went back because I had gotten some part-time money. Then she says, well, I can approve you. First she said no, then she said yes, because I went back like two or three times. I said, this is ridiculous. The system is crooked. Finally, on the third, I got a yes. I got a yes. And when I went to check my balance after they had approved the application, it was for $15. And I am not exaggerating. And I said, I am a taxpayer my whole life. I have two kids. I've always kept a roof over our heads. I'm a abiding citizen. I volunteer in the community. And you give me $15. I pay my taxes with two kids. So then I try to... Listen, I had to apply at one point for Section 8. And I got approved to Section 8. I got a voucher. These are some of the things I had to deal with as a single parent. And for those who are not familiar with what a Section 8 voucher is, it's a, it's a housing program 
for low-income families or for families of with with uh, in homes with single parents and children to give them affordable housing, and it 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 should you fall on hard times, your rent will fluctuate depending upon whether you or not you are working. Um, there is aid and assistance there to help you pay your rent. To put it in a nutshell, so. I, my rent where I live is an upscale neighborhood. You know, I, I have two kids and I moved from the hood into an upscale neighborhood in a particular town. And the rent was over 2400 a month, just rent. That is not including my car note and my car insurance and food and, uh, you know, clothes and Equipment for baseball practice and football practice. You understand if you have kids. This is just around $2,400 a month as a single parent. <laughs> At the time, I had Section 8. Now, when I started working in one particular job, I I was lowballed, but I was okay with it because I, I wanted the credentials on my resume. So I took the particular position. At the time it was only I was only making $15 an hour. So I said I'm 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 a very good employee. Very good employee. I'll get promoted somehow. I'm I'll work hard and I'll I'll get promoted somehow. So I took the position at $15 an hour. I reported the income to Section 8 who was at the time paying most of the rent because I was unemployed. When I reported the rent, now my rent is roughly $2,400, if I recall correctly, over $2,400. And they raised my portion of the rent to pay. Now, the total rent is $2,400, but they pay a part, I pay a part, so that it's affordable. But when I got the job, they raised it so high. They raised it so high that I couldn't afford to do anything else. So I had to make a choice between you get into these positions where do I pay my card note or do I pay the rent? Because I need to be able to take the kids to the doctor and to practice and to school and I need to get to work. But they raised my rent to about, my portion I had to pay about 1800 after that. 1800 Then I got a raise to $18 an hour because I got promoted. Then I had to pay the total rent. Of over of twenty four fifty, the total freaking rent rent on eighteen dollars an hour. That's only thirty seven, roughly thirty seven thousand dollars a year. So the system is set up so you could ne- so you can never get off. They you can never get off. What they should have done is when I recertify, keep the numbers that they have when I first recertified. As being unemployed. Now I reported my income as per their uh, rules. But you give me a probationary period should the job not work out. Let's say 90 days. Don't raise my rent for 90 days. That will give me some time also to save some money. And or don't raise my rent at all. Okay. Give me a year to Count my expenses at least because they don't count your expenses. They count it on the gross, not even on the net. And they don't 
make inclusive your expenses. So I'm making $18 an hour. And I have to pay over $2,400 a month in rent with two small children. So even if I had reported my income the first time, which I did, I reported my income the first time. When I got the raise the second time, look, we'll re, when you recertify, then we'll, 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 we'll discuss your portion of raising your portion of the rent. But at least this way I can get, I can have a financial cushion. I can save some money to get off the system. How can I get off the system? This is a scam. So if you're raising my portion of the rent as a single parent, knowing my, that I am poverty level already, where is the money going that you're getting to, to that should be, where is the money going? Where is the money going? The rules, the rules are crazy. I, I'm going to sound real, <laughs> real hood right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. So you tell me to go back to my first situation. I'm sorry to spend so much time on this, but people need to realize that why are they on the system for so long? There's some people that do take advantage, but there's some people like me who take pride in taking care of their families that hate being on welfare, that hate having to have used the system. And they make it difficult to get off. So if you, uh, for instance, why, if, if I have money, why do I apply for food stamps? So the rule is you have to have income to apply for food stamps. So that much, if I said, oh, if, if I understood it from their, from their end. So make what you do with, with people who you want to ensure that don't take advantage of the system. You put them in a program, you know, if they're not, you help them find work. If they're working, you know, you, you make sure that, see, People are even afraid to save money on the system because if they find that you have an X amount of money, X amount of money in the bank, you know, they want, they make you pay it back. And I am not lying. They make you pay back what they gave you and they make you pay it back. So they completely put you between a rock and a very hard place financially. So that was my, that was my, I had to give an example of how rulers oppress the poor. I want to know where the heck the money is going. If it's not going to the people. It's a flawed system. And I'm educated. And I'm smart. And I'm a hard worker. And I'm a taxpayer. But I come down to the Department of Social Services. With two small children. And you tell me no. And then when you do say yes, you give me $15. A month. There's got to be some reform. But a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. Boy, I've gone, <laughs> I'm down to almost, I'm at a, almost a half hour. I, I use, I'm usually good by 15, 20 minutes. I apologize.
So he or she who is wise, ruling over a people, country, or region, maintains order. The Bible says that there is safety in the multitude of counsels. The Bible says that we should want wisdom more than silver or gold and a good reputation more than silver or gold, paraphrasing the scriptures. Some politicians do not care about their reputation. Ironically, they don't. And some politicians have an I don't care attitude in regards to how they offend the people, how they oppress the people, how they treat the people. Because for them, it is about status and position. It's not the people. It is people always over position, not the other way around. Well, as long as my name is in the history books, that's all I care about. You'd be surprised. But it's always the people over position. Matter of fact, at LAJ's just Corp, that is one of our core values. <laughs> it is. At www.lajvengeance.com. <laughs> but it is not a laughing matter. It's serious. So I'm not going to do verse 3. I'm going to leave that for next week. But verse 2. When a country is rebellious, come. It has many rulers. But a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. And should you be devoid of or, 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 or ignorant or, or should you not be wise? The Bible says, ask and he'll give you wisdom generously. He'll give it to you generously. When you don't know what to do... Listen, sometimes when you have so many options, you have so many people ask, there are tons of people sitting around you. That is, that's even more confusing sometimes. So you have to have a little balance in that area. The more people you have to inquire, well, let me say it like, the more people you have around you to give advice. How about that? <laughs> you know, the, the, the more confused you could be. The first person a ruler should go to is God, who knows all things. He's been doing this a long time. <laughs> and with that being said, these are very harsh and difficult times we are living in. And we need one another. We are our brother's keeper. That is Bible. We cannot oppress one another. We cannot take advantage of one another. We, we shouldn't. You have free choice and free will. God gave it to you. He can't make you do right. But then you tie God's hands. And let me tell you, 
one day you'll need God. And then karma will have to speak up. So, my people, my friends, and my family, remember that we truly are our brother's keeper. And whether you work at the Department of Social Services or at Social Security office or, you know, just maybe I should just say this in, 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 in relation to just any job in general. Be that leader. In your own way, in your own right. Choose to be an example instead of a lesson. And sometimes it doesn't have to be so complex and so fancy. Just, you know. You'd be surprised what can calm a situation down. The Bible says, let me think of that scripture. A harsh word stirs up anger, but a soft answer turns away wrath. Now, there is, I spoke about on my podcast yesterday, there is something called righteous indignation, which is biblical and it's okay. Because that is a justified anger because of injustice or due to one's own, due to the other person's misbehavior, excuse me. But listen. Walking in love should not be undervalued. If you do not walk in love down here, then you will never walk in love up there. And that is the thought I would like to leave with you this morning. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 2. Peace. This has been Elisa and Jael's podcast. My people, my friends, my family. You all, God loves you. I love you. Peace. for joining Alisa and Jael's podcast where my motto is you could always be a better version of who you were before you could always be a better version of who you were before